Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find faith on the earth? We define faith in this context as the strong belief in the doctrine of the Lord based on spiritual conviction rather than physical proofs. So the doctrine of Jesus while he was on earth is the basis of our faith in God. Whenever there is a shift of focus from the doctrine of the Lord, from the teaching of the Lord, there is a shift in our faith. The first question the Lord Jesus received from the chief priest who planned the arrest and execution of the Lord at the beginning of his trial was about his disciples and his doctrine. These two important points bothered the Sadducees and Pharisees and the entire religious institution so very much because they recognized they recognize that the church of Jesus grows, expands, and becomes a powerful force on earth if and only if she gives absolute attention to making disciples and imparting into these disciples the doctrine of the Lord. The doctrine of the Lord. The doctrine of the Lord is simply the teaching of the Lord. The power of the early church, of the New Testament church, after the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ is in Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers Note the word, note the word, continued. They did not start anything new. They did not propose their own doctrine, their own teachings. The apostles simply took ownership of the doctrine of the Lord. The doctrine of the Lord became their personal doctrine. They could not be separated from the doctrine of Jesus. They were deeply connected to the doctrine of their Savior, to the teaching of their Savior. They needed no proof. They needed no one to persuade them. With strong conviction, they believed. They believed in the doctrine of the Lord that Jesus taught them. They took the responsibility to personally contend, to preserve and continue in the doctrine of the Savior. And as they continued steadfastly, without any doubt, without wavering, great things happened in the early church. Great things. The government was scared of a people without weapons. The last time it was recorded that Peter used a sword was when the Savior was arrested in Gethsemane. Not once again did they attempt to use a sword. But their steadfast commitment, his 
steadfast commitment together with other disciples to the doctrine of the Savior empowered them so much so that the religious institution in Jerusalem was scared of them. The Roman Empire saw them as a big threat. These unlearned men, these men that did not go to school, these unschooled, ignorant men, as the Sadducees called them, with no degree, with no pedigree, they turned their cities upside down because they took ownership of the doctrine of the Lord and continued, they continued steadfastly in it without wavering. The secret of the power of the early church can be summarized in one sentence. They continued in the doctrine of the Lord. Friends, friends, there is no power on earth or in hell that can stop a people deeply committed to the teaching of the Savior, to the doctrine of the Lord. A people who commit themselves to study, to understand, and to live their lives based on the doctrine of the Lord are dangerous weapons in the hand of the Lord. What makes you a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, if I may ask you? What makes you a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? If I must be honest with you, which I will certainly be. It's about your commitment and deep devotion to the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. What makes you a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is your commitment, is your devotion, is your dedication, is your steadfast love and commitment to the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. May I say it in a different way. And that is, your commitment as a disciple of Jesus Christ is measured by your commitment, your dedication and devotion to the doctrine, to the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. The more we make effort to adjust the doctrine of the Lord to suit our conditions in our lives, the less of his disciples we become. A true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ understands the doctrine of the Lord. He or she knows the heart of the Father and commit himself or herself to live, to live, to live according to the doctrine of the Savior. I personally believe that many of the Christians being raised in our generation today know little or nothing about the pure doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. The purity of the doctrine of the Lord has been compromised. Water has been mixed with wine. The pure faith that was once delivered unto us has been traded, has been compromised, has been exchanged for fame, for good name, for solid networking, for pleasure, for lawlessness, for projects, for projects. 
How can the doctrine of the Lord, which made the world and the religious institutions kill our Savior, how can the doctrine, the teaching that cost our faithful patriarchs and matriarchs their lives now so endear us to the world, how can the same people who killed the Savior, the same people who killed the heroes of faith, because of their doctrine, because of their faith and consistent love for the doctrine of the Lord, now become our friends. Friends, without doubt, our commitment, devotion and dedication to the doctrine of the Lord will ultimately produce two impact. One, it either causes many to be astonished and surprised or two causes many to hate and seek for ways to kill and eliminate us. Mark chapter 11 verse 18 tells us that and the scribes and chief priests had it. They had the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ and they sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him. They feared the Savior. Because all the people, all the people was astonished at his doctrine. At his doctrine. It's either people are astonished and surprised at the doctrine of the Savior that we steadfastly hold on to. Or they seek for ways to eliminate or kill us. Friends, your commitment to the doctrine of the Lord transforms you, empowers you, emboldens you, strengthens you, and refreshes you. Oh yes, Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 2 says, My doctrine, my doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. The New Living Translation says, Let my teaching fall on you like rain. <laughs> Let my speech settle like dew. Let my words fall like rain on tender grass, like gentle showers on young plants. So when we are just a modernized, modify and manipulate the doctrine of the Lord, the teaching of the Lord to suit our lust and pleasure, we plunge into dryness. We lose the rain of the spirit. Things become dry. Things become dry in the spirit. Even in the midst of abundance, we lack the freshness, the freshness of the Spirit. I have seen many, many who have everything they need. The resources, the material, the financial, just name it. They have everything sufficient to last a generation. But they still live in dryness. They live in emptiness. Because the freshness that should come from the doctrine of the Lord, has been compromised. To give away the faith, the doctrine, the teachings of the Lord for earthly possession is to give away the rain and the outpouring of the Spirit of God. This was the concern of the Savior. 
When I return, he said, when I return, shall I find faith on earth? Will my people, my church, my bride, the people I have redeemed by and through my blood, will they hold unto my doctrine against all odds, against all persecution, against all seduction, against all attraction? Will the church hold on to my teaching? Or will they give up my doctrine in exchange for goods and earthly possessions? Dear sir, dear ma, how are you doing? How are you doing with the doctrine of the Lord? Is it not clear on how you should live your life as a father? In the doctrine? Is the doctrine of Christ not explicitly clear enough on how you should be as a mother and as a wife? What is not in the doctrine, if I may ask? Is there anything that is not captured in the doctrine of Christ? Is the relationship between the children and their parent not guided by the doctrine? Is it not abundantly clear in the doctrine of the Lord that except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God? What is unclear? What is unclear in the doctrine of the Lord? Did fishermen not understand the doctrine of the Savior when he explained it to them? Did doctors and teachers of the law complain of any form of complexity in the doctrine? The doctrine is simple. It's simple enough, my friend. For the entrance of his word, give it light and understanding unto the simple. The doctrine is simple enough for even a child, a child to understand. Do you agree with me that the doctrine which kept the boy whose fishes and loaves of bread were used by the Lord to feed thousands for three days without thinking of eating. His bread and fish must have been a very powerful, simple, yet profound doctrine. Why do we now claim ignorance? Why do we claim ignorance when it comes to obeying and conforming our lives to the doctrine of the Lord? Why do we want to serve the Lord of the harvest with our own version, our own version of his doctrine? Why do we want to serve the Lord of the harvest with our own edition? our own copy of the doctrine why do we want to serve the lord why have we refused to be guided by the doctrine of the savior is the requirement for leadership in the church of god not clearly written in the doctrine of our savior is the requirement for leadership not clearly written in the word of god is the subject of sexual morality and immorality not adequately dealt with in his doctrine? Why do we need? Why do we need to adjust it? What about the matter of homosexuality? Oh, what about the issue of forgiveness, malice, and hatred? 
that the master not deal with the matter of godly service in his doctrine so how come the church seems to operate as though we lack the precious shining guide shall we not earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto us shall we not put all else aside and live our lives based on the purity integrity and demand demand of the doctrine of the lord why do we need to set up committees committees upon committees to look into issues that have been clearly addressed in the teaching of our savior why why shall we not put all else aside and live our lives based on the purity integrity and the demand of the doctrine of the lord friends this is a call is a call for you to arise is a call for you and i to conform our lives our lives to nothing else but the teaching of our precious savior what is the main concern of the savior shall he find faith on earth shall he find his church the bride holding on holding on to his doctrine his teaching without wavering amen on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame how i love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain so how trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown oh that old rugged cross so despised by the world as a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left His glory above to bear it, to die.